We're back. You're listening to Koinonia on Faith Talk Radio 1360. This is live. I'm sitting in for Tom Brown. This is Gary Kinneman. I've been a pastor here in the Valley for decades uh, and was at Word of Grace Church over in Mesa for many years. You can uh, see my face on my website, nothingbutgrace.com. And I have in the studio with me today Aubrey Barnwell, who is a pastor of an African-American congregation in, in South Phoenix and has been, he's grown up here in the Valley. He's been active in the community. And uh, during our, our break, we were talking about the, the movie that just came out called Selma. Today is Martin Luther King holiday. It's not just a day to, to uh, not have to go to school or work. <laughs> For the African-American community, it is really a holy day. And there are all kinds of events that uh, are taking place. And, and Aubrey, I, I thanked Aubrey at the, uh, in the opening moments of our program for coming on with us today. I, I had asked, uh, I'd asked uh, Warren Stewart Jr. He said, I'm, I'm all tied up. What, what are some of the things that you've done today? Uh, what did you do over the weekend in your church? And what are some things that you personally have done today? Uh, it actually has started out, it started nice actually Thursday. On Thursday? On Thursday, I was at, uh, we now have a Martin Luther King Boulevard mm-hmm. in uh, in Phoenix. We do? Yes. We officially uh, uh, named Broadway Martin Luther King Boulevard. Is that right? Yeah. All the way through Tempe? All the way through all of Phoenix, uh-huh. our hope and uh, desire is that it will be regional. So uh, Buckeye, Tempe, Mesa will all yeah. join in with that. Um, it is at this point um, ceremonial, and uh, uh, and but we are hoping to make it official. So they actually have a sign at 24th Street and Broadway that says Dr. Martin Luther King Boulevard. Oh, great. And so uh, all the city officials, the mayor, and everyone was there for Great. That. So that's where we started out. I actually, and it started with a parade, which was really... Um, and this is Friday, uh, Thursday. This was Thursday, which was actually his birthday. Uh-huh. So I uh, did it actually on his birthday. And uh, there was a parade that was held in, in South Phoenix with um, uh, the Roosevelt School District. And I, I didn't know about it. They do it every year. And they had all 19 schools come and their bands and all of the kids. And so we marched around the uh, uh, off of Broadway and 24th Street and marched and then went and did the uh, ceremony. Wow. At 20, so that's how it started. It started then. Um, and then from then on, uh, this past week, there was a breakfast on, on uh, uh, Friday morning. And then uh, on Sunday night, we had, last night, in fact, we had the candlelight service, mm-hmm. um, which we gave out um, about 21 scholarships um, to students across the valley, across the valley. Um, this was a churches. combined service? Yes, it was. Yes. And where was it held? It was held at Pilgrim Rest. Uh-huh. Pilgrim Rest. And uh, they do it every year. And so uh, it was really uh, a blessing. Um, and, and we're able to get that. That's one of the things that we've been doing. When they they initially started, many of the activities started um, prior to the holiday. And the holiday, um, there were marches and uh, fundraisers and all of that. And after the fundraisers were over, after the uh, holiday was established, um, they determined to keep the activities going. 
and uh, all of the funds that are um, raised now, many are going towards scholarships. Mm-hmm. That's the goal is to to educate, mm-hmm. and I think that's the seeding into our youth and young people. So, mm-hmm. um, so that's where we participated in that. And so, yeah. And then uh, uh, today was sort of a rest, but it was actually work um, because uh, the parade was this morning. Um, and then there's uh, I've got, I've got a number of that people. was here in Phoenix. There's one in Mesa as well. Yes, yes. Um, and so they marched from uh, Pilgrimess to uh, Margaret Hans Park, and then uh, this afternoon they had some activities. Our one of our ministries was actually ministering there uh, at the stage, and I've got another member who's singing there. So there's a number of things going on mm-hmm. at, at the park. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then. Uh you take a day off on Tuesday. <laughs> yes. Well, this is not really I'm a day really, off. No, when do when do we get a day yeah. off? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was part of what uh, um, I began to um, about three. In fact, it was January the third. With all the activities that have gone on um, and the number of. Uh, um, issues challenged with race and uh, specifically as the unrest between uh, law enforcement and uh, civilians has come about. I got a call from a, uh, actually it was a text from one of the pastors in the valley. And uh, what they did was um, he texted me and said, Pastor, I think we need to have a response from the church. Um, this was after the ruling in Ferguson. And I got the text, and I looked at it, and I said, I know you're right, but I don't know what it is. I, I don't know what the response should be. And so I was challenged with that, and I said, let me think about it. And we had a meeting um, scheduled already to talk about some community things. And so we took that time to identify how should we respond. And in that meeting, we identified that there were a number of things that we wanted to do, but we watched the reactions that were taking place. And part of the reactions that we saw was that um, uh, that there were the, the looting and all of the stuff that was going on, the riots. And I said, that's reacting, that's not responding. And if we're still doing this, there must be something that we're not communicating to um, our culture because they're still doing the same thing. And we started looking at the places where riots had taken place. We'd looked at the riots in uh, Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. and we looked in Chicago. I was in Chicago for over 20 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, the West Area where they burned down, it still has not recovered. And in Los Angeles, you can go there and still see where it has not recovered. And if you're doing the same things... Um, and recognizing that it's not getting the right response. It says, have we communicated? Has we educated a culture? Have we educated? And we as a church, have we taken the stance to let them know how to respond and not react? And so we identified that we needed to do that, to, mm-hmm. to identify helping uh, a, a city. And one of the questions that I had at that time, and, and, and I asked the pastors, there brought four pastors, four African-American pastors and one community individual, and I asked the question, I said, could this happen in Phoenix? Is it possible that this could happen in Phoenix? And the response um, was, we did not know, but mm-hmm. but it could be possible. And so that following, I think it was that following night that was the, the shooting of a young man uh, up in North Phoenix, um, and, and uh, 
Um, he was unarmed, and so we recognized that, yeah, it could happen here. Mm-hmm. Um, but the question was is how do we respond? Mm-hmm. And so we um, did went to a number of meetings and talked about strategies and, and went to the, the city council and, and, uh, and, and, and participated in that. But from a uh, church perspective, one of the things that uh, um, uh, I did was I got with Warren Jr., mm-hmm. uh, Warren Stewart Jr., mm-hmm. and uh, um, a number of other pastors, Pastor uh, James Preston, and uh, um, uh, and uh, Earl Newton, who was also a pastor here, a number of those individuals, we got together, and we uh, determined, Pastor Brian Wright, that we were going to respond and not react. And so on January 3rd, we did a faith and justice prayer walk. We didn't protest. We just wanted to pray. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we walked from 32nd Street um, Brooks Community School to a um, to a park, um, Hermosa Park, mm-hmm. and uh, we dressed and just prayed the mm-hmm. whole time and spent some time in prayer. Mm-hmm. And so our goal is, our desire there, mm-hmm. and that was birthed out of that, is that we would have a time of prayer. And it was it wasn't just black churches, it wasn't just black Christians. Uh, it was a multiple. Uh, we had. Uh, uh, white and Latino. We had a number of individuals come Asian that came to walk and pray, mm-hmm. and we walked and prayed together. We didn't carry any protest signs. We just carried scriptures mm-hmm. of, of what we wanted God to do. And then when we um, were there, one of the things we had determined is that we wanted to do four of these marches, and we wanted to do them in different parts of the city because it was in South Phoenix, but it's not about South Phoenix. And so we wanted to do uh, uh, those prayer walks, and we wanted to do four of them. And uh, um, and then the, the thing that uh, was birthed out of that and, and is that we want to have a day. And, and Warren and I talked at that time and said, is it possible that we can have hands across the valley? Mm. where we all come together one day um, and across the valley join hands in prayer for the city. Um, and I think that speaks to um, the vision, I believe, that, mm-hmm. that and dream that uh, Dr. Martin Luther King had, mm-hmm. is that regardless of the color of our skin, um, that we join together in prayer to God. And I believe that that's what's, what's going to be called for. And so that's really our um, vision and passion to try to get that uh, accomplished, that we could come together. Yeah, Dr. King is known for his uh, non, nonviolence, his uh, position, nonviolence protest. And um, how, do, how, do you, how do you bring about change? Of course, we saw that with Dr. King, and I'd be interested in your perspective on all of that. Um, how do we bring about change uh, when there are real serious fundamental issues, serious changes have to be made. Like the, the civil rights legislation, of course, made made serious, dramatic, historic changes. Um, and the, uh, <clears throat> you know, things like Jim Crow laws, of course, in the South, the kinds of things that, that are just, uh, we, we look back and we say, how could some of that happen? Uh, and so something has to change. And how, how do you go about doing that? Uh, without burning down a building, right? I think that that what I and what I gleaned and began to understand, and I don't think I really understood it completely until I did see the film uh, mm-hmm. Selma. And one of the things that I began to interesting is, that interesting that the Selma is actually 
informative for you as, as an African-American leader. It is. It is. Um, and one of the things that I began to recognize is that there was, there was a strategy um, in regards to the march. And the first, the first part of that was to deal with desegregation. Mm-hmm. And desegregation um, were, was the end result of that. That's, and so then the second piece dealt with voting. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this, is the, this is the 50th anniversary. This year yes, marks uh-huh. the 50th anniversary of the Voting Rights Act. And, uh, and so, so there's some things I think that we can glean from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we should glean from that uh, and getting some uh, understanding about what our responsibilities are in regards to changing that culture. Yes. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And it's the heart of God. Mercy and justice are in the heart of God. That's how love is expressed. We're going to come back and talk more about this, uh, this very important subject and theme Stay with us. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Hey, friends, Hugh Hewitt here for B&B Appliances. Do you own a refrigerator, a microwave, washer, or dryer, and it recently broke? Are you looking for a quality product at a fraction of the cost? Then go see my friends at B&B Appliances. If you're a homeowner, landlord, or property manager, then you've got to make B&B Appliances your best friend. They're one of the Valley's largest appliance outlet centers, having served Phoenix and the surrounding areas for over 30 years, selling fully reconditioned, scratched and dented, closed out, misordered, one-of-a-kind appliances. Family-owned and operated with their friendly, knowledgeable staff, complete service department, B&B is the place to be for all your appliance needs. B&B Appliance is located in the heart of Phoenix for everyone at 5th Street and Dunlop. So what are you waiting for? Call Mike at 602-870-1662. That's 602-870-1662. Or visit them online at bbappliances.com. That's bbappliances.com. You gotta see B&B, B&B Appliances. A Somebody Loves You Minute with Roll Reese. Women had a big part of ministry in the life of Jesus. They took care of him and the disciples. I mean, if you want to get critical, the men were the chicken ones, you know? They were hiding when Jesus died on the cross. The women were at the cross. They were at the tomb. And when the men were actually hiding, the women went and told the men that Jesus had resurrected. So what happened, guys? Women can be powerful in the kingdom of God in their gifts and talents that God gives to them. In some countries of the world, you know, women are inferior to men and they're literally like animals. Like, you know, you're like you're a dog. Not here in the United States. If you have a wife and you're a husband, you better treat your wife with decency and in order and love her. Because that's what the Bible tells us. She's not your slave. She's your wife. She's your companion. She's part of you. She takes care of your home. She takes care of your children. She takes care of you. You're supposed to be the provider of the home. To be loving and taking care of your home and your children and your wife. You've been listening to a Somebody Loves You Minute with Roll Reese. Today, my new dad threw a barbecue. Today, my new son and I threw a barbecue. There were burgers and chicken. I burnt everything. The burgers, the chicken, the salad. Ah, they were delicious. They were awful. And then and then we had watermelon. <laughs> I'm allergic to watermelon. And then we played catch. I broke Mr. Lewis's window. Mrs. Wakeham's window. Mrs. Wakeham's windshield. And then 
Somehow my hand. My hand! <laughs> and then my dad even let me drive his car. The hospital's on the right! It was a rough day. It was a great day. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of kids in foster care will take you just as you are. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Okay, so just type the job website address here. That's it. Then you enter what job you're looking for there. Electrician. This is Peter. Recently, he got help going on the Internet for the first time to look for a new job. Okay, then you just hit search and... In the past, Peter's gotten work through people he knew, but he heard there were more jobs online. There we go. These are all for me? Uh-huh. Really? He had no idea just how many. I can't believe it. This one looks good. Peter is thinking the Internet might be for him after all. And this is just one website. Wow. Why didn't I do this sooner? See what the Internet can help you do at everyoneon.org or call 1-855-387-9166 to find a free training class near you. Brought to you by Connect to Compete and the Ad Council. Welcome back. This is Koinonia with Tom Brown, but I'm not Tom Brown. I'm Gary Kinnaman sitting in for Tom on Faith Talk Radio 1360. And we're talking today with Aubrey Barnwell, who's a pastor of uh, First New Life Missionary Baptist Church in South Phoenix. And we're talking about Martin Luther King, Martin Luther King Day. And it was really interesting to me at, at a break, not this last break, but the previous break that we took, you, you were telling me about the movie Selma and how you were urging everybody in your church, which is predominantly African-American, to go see the movie Selma and just before we took the break, you, you were talking about how it was informative for you. It was helpful for you. Uh, talk about the film. I think one of the things that... that uh, to, what is it? We need to tell everybody, first of all, what is Selma? Selma is uh, uh, the movie um, that uh, has been released. I think it was released on the first of this month. Um, and uh, um, my uh, when I first heard about it, it really was about the march between um uh from Selma from Mobile from Alabama to Selma and uh and when I watched it the thing that I think uh, stood out to me is that it spoke to the second piece of the civil rights movement which then identified that the second piece of the civil rights movement was about voting mm-hmm. and the most profound thing that uh, I heard uh well, not one. It was one of the things that impacted me. He said, "Without the right to vote, he said, what good is it for a man to be able to sit at the counter um, and not be able to read the menu, not being able to have the money to buy a burger?" Um, he said, "What what good is that?" And he said, "Ultimately, this is that, the, uh, this is uh, the Martin Luther King character." Correct, mm-hmm. exactly. And uh, so you begin to recognize that the the bottom line was is that they needed the right to vote to make a difference. If you're going to make it, you got to be empowered. And so the second piece dealt with this voting rights, 
And in fact, I just got a text from one of my members who I sent to do that and uh, to see the movie. And she texted me and she was basically apologizing to me because I had encouraged them to go vote. And she said I hadn't been voting. And she said, and when I saw the movie, it incited me that I now realize why it's so important yeah. to actually do that. And I think that's one of the things that, that is so uh, profound in that. Yeah. I took this past uh, week, I have a, a pastor's mentor group that I'm a part of, and there's about four. I'm, I'm the only African-American in the group. So there's uh, a number of pastors, and they're all of uh, different— uh, it's, it's a covenant group, right? It's kind of a, yes, yeah. Yeah. And we were to meet. We meet at my. Uh, um, we meet at First New Life. Okay. And uh, so we were getting ready to have a meeting, and they asked me to lead it. And I said, "Okay, I'll, I'll do that." And then it hit me. I said, "Can we go see the movie Selma, and then oh. have a discussion?" And so uh, I was interested to see hear their perspective about it. Um, and and to see their response. And one of the gentlemen. Um, came out in tears mm-hmm. uh, and and he um, uh, identified I was growing up during that time but I don't know that I really understood everything and you begin to see the humanity of Dr. King mm-hmm. as well as the uh, the ministry of Dr. King mm-hmm. you begin to see him as uh, a man who had great pressure upon him um, specifically, um, the the prof, prophetic um, uh, gift he had been given to be able to see into the future and then be able to communicate it and then see it come to pass. And knowing that um, that he was sometimes feeling alone. Yes. Well, he he was. Uh he had resistance uh, not just from the white community, Correct. he had resistance from the black community. Right, because they didn't think he was doing it right. Yeah, I, I, read a, I read a really interesting book called Becoming King, and uh, it's about the evolution of his life. The, the, uh, he just took a church in, in Alabama and had no intention of being some kind of a—it was, it wasn't not anywhere—he had no, no thought of becoming a social prophet. Right. And uh, he really sort of got dragged into this. And, uh, and I mean, isn't that the way life is? You know, God puts us in places. Yeah. Aubrey, I've been in ministry for all these years. I just think about the places that God has put me and the doors that he's opened, the doors that he's closed. And, uh, you know, people love to talk about free will. And I, I believe in free will. I mean, there are even right. some free will Baptist churches. <laughs> <laughs> but... I mean, there. When I look back on my life, it's. Uh, I, I don't want to say that my life. I'm just a puppet in the hands of God, but you know, you you can't look back without seeing how God has guided you. Uh, ta- you know, He's taken you down the path of your life, and He, you know, He's been there with you in the storms. He's been w- with you d- or during the storms to yeah. strengthen you for the future. And how much how much providence is at work? Yes. So, Doctor King, uh, he just wanted to be a pastor, right? Yes, and uh, you, pr- you the movie brings that out. It brings it out really well. One of the things I think is is uh, was evident to me was at one point in time, and 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 I believe this is factual. I, it's interesting because here's one I want, want to add this in. I have a, a friend of mine, a pastor friend of mine. He and his he took his family. His son's around maybe 
13, 14. And he said, I said, because I haven't taken my son yet. I'm going to take him. But he's 13, 14. So we walked out, and he's sitting down with his family, and they're all sitting around. And he says, uh, he said, so what do you think of the movie? He said, uh, it was all right for the parts that were true. And they're sitting there looking at him saying, what do you mean the parts that are true? And and so he says to me, he said, well, he goes to a predominantly white school, so he's not uh, been privileged to understand that this is real, this this actually happened. And I think one of the things that, that King did was he put out a clergy call, and it was after, after the, the first— uh, um, the first attempt at marching, and it was on the news. And and there's a term that, that I picked up years ago. It's called uh, selfish justice, that we don't um, move into actually doing something until it actually impacts us. And some of us, you know, um, look at things like sex trafficking, and we look at the foster care, and we look at the homeless and and it seems distant mm-hmm. and and we have the thought that somebody really should do something mm-hmm. you know that's really bad that's too bad and then we And I dr- wonder who I could give money to to help them do it. <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> I don't want to get I don't want to get too close to it but yeah. but and and so what he says is after they see this this um um this this massacre if you will and this um, right, the, the 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 abuse that were, was being experienced in the South. There, he puts out a clarion call and says, "I need clergy." He said, "If you want to see that, if you believe this is injustice, I need you to come wherever you are. We need black, white, wherever you are." And he calls for all the clergy. And so, in part of the movie, you see clergy coming from the north and from the south, and, and not just black, but you see white mm-hmm. coming as well. And they leave their homes, going to the south, not knowing what they're going to face, and actually putting their lives in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that they really understood that they were putting their lives in jeopardy when they did that, but it was saying something has to be done, and I have the compassion, and I believe that's what we are called to do, is have not just passion, but compassion, mm-hmm. which means I actually move to doing something. Mm-hmm. It's calling for me to do that. And I think that was profound for me to see that that it wasn't just um, a, a group of black pastors who got together, mm-hmm. but there were individuals who then began to understand the impact that it would have, not just to the South, but to the country. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we're seeing. And I think as we celebrate his birthday, we recognize we're not just celebrating a man, but we're actually celebrating a preacher, yeah. a pastor. Yes, who who preached the gospel regardless. Um, I, at one point in time in the movie, um, uh, uh, the character who plays uh, President Johnson says to him, he says, you aren't an uh, elected official. I tried to get you in my cap, but you won't come. He said, you're just an activist. And you begin to recognize that he was not operating trying to get votes, um, but operating out of the calling that God had placed on his yeah. life. Uh, I fought it. Um, quite frankly, my father, when when we, I've been pastoring now 10 years. This will be my 10th year anniversary. Wow. And uh, when I came back um, from Chicago, um, I, my father had always been very involved with, with, uh, uh, with the uh, um, political, governmental. Yeah, he's, he's been an activist. He's been yes. a, a gentle but uh, persistent activist. Yes. 
Um, I, I and so he's prayed with the governor and prayed with the mayor, and he's been one individual who has been connected. And my thought was, I don't want to do that. <laughs> um, and so when I started to recognize that that there had been some favor given for me to have access, um, the question had to be, what do I do with this? What do I do with this? And and so a number of things have come up, and I've been able to work with foster care, um, have some input into that. I've had some input into sex trafficking. In fact, one of my members um, is was on the paper. I didn't know if she was in the paper. She showed it to me yesterday. And so she talked about um, her process that she's come through, and so she's now um, helping with the governor. She was with the governor, and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, 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 Cindy McCain was mm-hmm. there, and she was there for this um, um, press conference, I mm-hmm. guess, in regards to that. But I think those are the things you don't realize that you're actually being given the opportunity to do, and it's almost you want to shun it. You have passion, but you don't realize you're actually supposed to take action. Yeah. Well, you know, separation of church and state doesn't mean that we have to protect ourselves from religion. The, con- the meaning of the Constitution is that, is that the religion is to be protected from the state. And, and uh, pastors have a responsibility uh, not just to teach God's Word, but to, to lead their congregation uh, in, into uh, the moral culture that the Bible calls for, and, and to have an impact uh, on on institutions, if, if that if that's necessary. Yeah. Um, Amen. I read a book by Tim Keller called Generous Justice. Are you familiar with that book? No, I'm not. Oh, man, it's a great little 150-page book about, you know, the kingdom of God and what that really means and, and the impact that we need to have in the world around us. And uh, we're going to take a break here, but when we come back, I, I want to talk a little bit about that okay. and get some of great. your thoughts about what I think the book is saying. Okay. Okay, sure. we're going to talk about justice. What is justice? How to find it, how to make it happen. We'll be back in just a little bit.